The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. And joining us for part one, we've got uh, Joondalup United coach. Actually, before before we go straight to that, let's introduce all the people that's here. Josh Chayat is uh, is with me in the studio. You were staring straight at me, and then you were like, "Oh!" And now we're going to introce. Uh, I'll be, you know, and we we don't even know who you're introducing yet because you had to stop yourself to uh, uh, to be a little bit less rude, Kalicho. I, I was I was I was being rude. So we've got Josh Chayat with myself, uh, Kalicho, so in the studio. We've got Sean Fry on the line. Sean, how are you? I'm I'm doing well, Kalich, and it's not your fault. I'll I'll take the heat off you and just say, Josh, you're so forgettable that you can be looking straight <laughs> at you and and still forget you're there. Sean's so, done that before no, as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have, but um, no, all tongue in cheek. It's it's great to agree. How how are you, Josh? Uh, I'm 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 not too bad. I'm not too bad myself. Uh, it's good to see another uh, Goldfields girl hoist a trophy up on the weekend. I saw Nat Maliki in the under 21s for Perth Red Stars. So they're they're coming, they're coming, and they're taking over Kalichi and Sean. All right. Look, we'll talk about the Goldfields hour later on. But right now, we're going to go straight into a state league special. Obviously, there's some big games that are happening, and promotion and relegation into the MPL is obviously the biggest game uh, to happen this weekend. And joining us on the line, we've got Junilab United coach Nick Jennings. Nick, how are you keeping, mate? You well? Yeah, very well. Thanks for having on the show, guys. Oh, mate, it's an a- absolute pleasure. It was uh, good to get down and watch you guys at Pitnat Stadium against Subiaco um, earlier in the year and, and to see that you were in the uh, playoff picture. Um, mate, talk talk to us about, about all of that because obviously the, the, this is a new initiative, the, well, not a new, new initiative, but the way that it's been designed with the playoff um, and you've taken full advantage of that for Junilope. Yeah, oh, it's, um, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a great sort of proposal. I mean, it stops the season being dead. Um, obviously, the top two teams were pretty much... Uh, had it amongst themselves most of the year. It gave it, you know, probably another four or five teams, that, you know, the opportunity to extend their season. And, uh, you know, even to the last Saturday, every game sort of meant something. So, no, I think it's a very good uh, initiative. How awesome would it have been for you to be able to say to your players at trainings, guys, we're actually still playing for something. We, we, we've got to stay motivated. We've got to stay focused. And then to, to see the just rewards at the end as well. Yeah, oh, I mean, it meant the last probably at least half dozen games, we're, we're all basically you're on a sort of bit of a cup run. Um, you know, you've got to win, got to get something. What's the other team done? Where are we now? We're out on goal difference. We're in it on goal difference. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it was a bit like that with us and Dinellas. You know, that there was, um, you know, and then Fremantle lost a couple and then we went third. And But no, no, it's, it's good. I, I think it's a you know, great initiative. And I think we're we're obviously a lot more focused on um on the MPL side of it and and the you know we talked a lot about how much it added to that league as well with that extra you know spot up for grabs uh, you know th- that you don't want to be grabbing but that, that there were just four five six teams even on the last day that could all find themselves in that that second bottom spot and yeah and I guess conversely in the the state league it's just you know people there's a lot of comp- people that will complain about anything and uh, there's, there's complaints about, you know, the, 
different visa rules and that sort of thing. But it's, it's never going to be perfect and it's, it's always going to be a work in progress. But I, I, I don't think anyone can argue that it hasn't added just levels and levels of excitement for, for those like last month or in, in both leagues. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, you know, even the crowds, that, you know, the crowds have it obviously kept them higher. Um, but no, no. And then obviously, you know, the um, playoff games themselves, you know, you, you, you're getting, you know, crowds are over a thousand, you know, which is mm-hmm. only a, you know, back to what, it, you know, what it used to be years ago. And I think uh, we actually ran across you guys at the Cardinia Tavern after you beat Murdoch. Was it 2-0 down to win 3-2 that game? I think that was a pretty big one in, in your run for the top four. Yeah, that was a, a, a last-minute winner. Uh, it was uh, yeah, 3-2, but it was, uh, you know, got, got a little run going. We, we sort of uh, started the season pretty slowly. Um, and that sort of that mid-season run sort of, you know, really jumped, well, jumped us up. And we sort of, uh, you know, obviously then we're on the, on the boundary, on the borders of, of the playoffs then. Well, look, let's, let's talk about the game that's just gone. You came out and won um, on away goals rule. Um, following a two-two draw against Sorrento, what what was that like? What was the preparation like? Not only for that game, for the for the but for the game pr- prior to that one. Um, not sure if you listened, but Sean Sean came into that thinking, and he and he basically tipped Jindalup saying they're going to be playing for something. They're, they're like there's they're playing for a positive thing. Whereas Sorrento are going, we try and avoid relegation. Jindalup are going in here, going guys, we we get a chance to go up here. So what, what what's the mentality like in this two-legged tie where you know? away goals are going to count and it's the second game that's going to be the decisive one. Yeah, I mean, the, the first game, I think we, we, we probably played it a little bit cagier than maybe um, Toronto thought we would. We, we wanted a clean sheet. Um, you know, probably even more, you know, we probably would have taken a win. But yeah, it was, it, number one, we needed a clean sheet knowing how important the away goals are. Um, and, you know, we rode a lot a bit in the first leg. You know, that's Toronto we had a couple of good opportunities. We didn't really create a lot, to be fair. Um, but our whole plan was to be more offensive in, in the second game um, and look to sort of, uh, you know, hit Sorrento on the break a little bit. You know, the longer the game was level, the more their nerves would, would, would come into it. That's what we basically uh, geared things around. Sean Stradama strikes again, Sean. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm actually very interested to ask because after the first leg, I, I think I said last week that that was certainly a result that would would please uh, Joondal up a lot more than it would Sorrento. Um, and jo- Josh and I have talked a bit about, we think the away goals rule is a little bit silly across across football, but uh, uh, especially in the these, these divisions where, um, you know, we know away the trend. More away teams win than home teams. Yeah, more, more away teams win than home teams in the NPL. I haven't crunched the numbers on the uh, on, on the state league, but yeah, the, taking that aside, you, you know the rules going in. Whatever the rules are, that that's what they are. So, so that, that changes the way you approach these things and probably lends to a bit more of a cagey approach um, from yourselves at home, just sort of knowing that you don't want to, which which sort of defeats the whole, the whole purpose of the away goals rule was to make teams that are going away have to play a bit more attacking football. But it also means that, you know, you're in this situation where a nil-nil really, I felt it benefited you. And I was saying to Kalichi last week, you're in a position where, as, as we say, the, the psychology of it, playing for something to win versus playing not to lose is huge. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, and it stays level. There's so much more pressure that mounts on Sorrento and so much more belief that comes into you guys thinking like, oh my goodness, here we go. We can we can do this. But what, what was the feeling after that nil-nil? Was, was that, hey, job done, fantastic, and now we're in the box seat? 
Um, no, we were confident, not job done. I mean, it, it's sort of big, you know, big tick. Um, but we, we sort of made knew we were going to make a number of changes and be even stronger on the pitch for the second leg. You know, that's the thing with these playoffs. You know, being late in the year, people are away. You know, works. People haven't sort of taken into account the extended season. Uh, and and, and at Toronto were the same. They they were missing players. They were probably weak of the second leg, whereas we were stronger. Um, but yeah, I mean, our, our whole sort of theory was, was, you know, we lose to Sorrento, you know, we're we're only in the same league again next year. They lose to us, you know, they're relegated. Simple as that. No matter what happens in the final, you know, that 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 was that was our whole sort of mindset, and you know, why why our players were so relaxed at training and even on match days, it was you know very sort of low key. But we were, you know, obviously more than ready for. I mean, they are a very very good team, Sorrento. They, you know. I think they won that nine NPL games. You know, normally that's the middle of the table, top six. Mm. And look, you just just looking at at the form that's been happening, um, and obviously understanding the history that that's been there. You, you mentioned the amount of points that you would take to survive in the NPL. Um, General Up United have been there before and survived a season before, and um, you'll know full well that one of the key things that you need to sustain that league is a match winner. And you, you certainly had one in James Harmer who put some crucial goals in the little, the little like side rule pass back to him for that first goal was absolutely delicious. And mate, if you've got players like that, who are going to be there to score the goals, you've you got to, you've got to feel really good going into the final. Yeah. I mean, also we don't really get a lot of credit for the football we play. Um, and we knew that going to Sorrento to Percy Doyle with you know, all the money that's been spent on the pitch and um, we're going to have a good surface that we could, you know, play, our footballers could play. You know, that, that's what it comes down to is we we, we have a good mixture, you know, I, I, and but we do have some very, very good individuals. Um, and like you say, match winners. And on his day, James Tarmer, you know, he's, he's, he's obviously known around. He's our top scorer. And he's won his games, you know, two or three games this year with, you know, late goals. What what, what did it mean for uh, for Sean Kilkelly? Oh, it's always, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, Sean's a winner. You know, he'd want to win uh, playing against his kids in the backyard. I, I don't think, you know, Sean is there. No, no added that. motivation there for him. <laughs> oh, I think he'd, he'd, he'd want to win. He'd want to win anything, you know, and, and that's the same training and that's what he's been like um, since day one when he came to us. You know, he's not missed a session. He, he's there every week. Um, people say how slow he is. He's this, he's that. No, he's, he's a winner. He's a footballer. And yeah, I'll only speak highly of Sean. I mean, I've tried to sign him for years and years. Um, and obviously we've got him more at the end of his career. But no, no, I'll, I'll like massive positives about Sean. I mean, how important is it having those players, though, who have the NPL experience when you go into a game like that and we go to prepare for potentially a, a return to the top flight? Yeah, yeah. Like I say, we, we were, as a group, we're pretty, we're pretty positive anyway. Um, we're going to win every game, so... I actually preferred that we were playing Sorrento um, rather than sort of Mandra or um, or Freo in two legs, just purely because we played. You play them so much. We played. You play. We played Mandra in the uh, Australia Cup as well. You know, we played Freo twice, so it's just a new challenge, really. And I think it, that just suited us, and it gave us that you know extra buzz rather than you know being a two-leg game against this team you've already played. Well, mate, you, you mentioned um, the, the premier surface and you'll be playing on one of the best surfaces that I have ever seen um, at the State Football Centre this weekend. And it is against a, another familiar side. So, look, just give us really quickly, what makes Fremantle such a difficult team to play in and why are you looking so forward to this challenge as well? Oh, we, we, did, we 
going back over the years, you know, Fremantle and Jingleup, we've always had, you know, real, real sort of close games, good games. They, they have outstanding individuals. Um, obviously, I know their coach very well, Matt. Um, he played for me for a couple of years. I've sort of known him as a friend as well, but now he's a great footballer, you know, um, great football brain. But yeah, they just they really do have match winners. You, you know, you say we've got James Harmer, you could go through half a dozen of their their players. That they you know they're exciting individuals. Um, but now we've this year we we they beat us at their place and then we beat them um, our place. The know, decider. It's like, yeah, it's been a bit like that over the years. You know, they win one week. We you know we we sort of uh, they're always good games. They're good games. You know, we 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 somehow find a way how to compete with them. Um, but no, we're, we're looking forward to it. And, and also off the field, is, is, you know, with Macca and all the people at, at, at Frio, you know, they're always very sort of, you know, we go down there to look after you and likewise when they come to us. So there is, you know, that, that sort of bond and that sort of, you know, football family sort of feel to it as well. Well, look, Nick, that's, that's it from us, mate. I want to thank you once again for the, for the time. Um, wish you all the best of luck. It's been, it's been great seeing what the club's been doing. I remember when, it was, when Rudy was there and it kind of started out as, as mates in this kind of pub team and just grew and grew and grew. And uh, there was a time when I was doing community development work with a person with a disability and Junior Lup United with a local club and they got him down and helped him out and made sure that he was there and, and had, had some community around him um, where he, on Sunday mornings he would turn up and help them behind the bar and, and with the balls and stuff like that. So I wish you guys all the best. It, it, it's, it's a great club and understanding you guys have got a home of football as well for next season. It's terrific, mate. No, thank you. I appreciate that. No, so it is, it is a very good club. I mean, we, we like all clubs, you've had good times and bad times, but no, no, the people behind the scene work hard and I'm sort of privileged to be the, uh, you know, the first team coach for you know, so many years. All right. Thank you so much to Nick for, for jumping on the line. Uh, those of you that have been around the Facebook pages and uh, heard the breaking news uh, regarding uh, MPL competition rules and compliance regulations, uh, we'll, you know, maybe have been hoping that we'd uh, touch on that. We will touch on that. Uh, we, we did make the choice to just talk to Nick about the football because that's what his job is. Uh, and uh, the whole appeals process that's going to happen is there's probably not a lot he could say about it anyway uh, until it's done. So we, we thought rather than yeah, throwing him uh, under the spotlight, we'd just read out the Football West uh, statement. Uh, basically what happened was earlier in the week, June Lot United were informed by Football Australia that they hadn't uh, met the compliance regulations. Uh, it's, I think it's probably... Uh, from what we hear, June Love very confident that the appeals process will go through, they'll be fine, uh, and they just are focusing on, on the football for now. And, yeah, if, if all goes well, they will, yeah, uh, be having to go through this appeals process. We will hear in November, uh, I think, I believe, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the first year where the Football Australia has um, taken over this uh, aspect of the competition. So it's, yeah, there's, there may have been a few issues with communication and things there, but uh, Football West statement today, we'll just quickly read that out. It says, in accordance with NPL competition rules and associated compliance regulations, Football West has finalised its NPL club licensing review for season 2024. Football West's first insurance body has determined that the following clubs do not meet 
Football Australia club licensing requirements to participate in the MPLWA next season. That's Joondalup United in the men's and Curtin University and Perth AFC in the women's. Uh, clubs were informed of the outcome of their assessment last week. Um, as I said, uh, Perth AFC have accepted the decision and will not be considered for promotion from the Hyundai Women's League. Women's League champions Hammersley Rovers, uh, as we spoke to uh, Betham about, uh, recently did not submit an application, therefore will also not be considered for promotion. Joondalup United and Curtin University have until Friday 22nd of September to lodge their appeals to Football Australia. Joondalup United have indicated they will appeal. What happens next? As Joondalup United have indicated they will appeal, they will play Fremantle City in the NPL Division 1 playoff at the State Football Centre this Saturday at the conclusion of Football Australia's Appeals and Entry Control Board, AECB, decision-making process. Football West will notify clubs of their competition status for 2024. So, yeah, all uh, all boring admin stuff that yeah we don't know too much about. Um, so I won't talk too much more about other than yeah, just say that's the the lay of the land at the moment. Brilliant, thank you, Sean. Uh, we'll be right back with an interview with uh, Maddie Sparrow. And we're back uh, with Matty Sparrow, coach of Fremantle City, um, to talk about, yeah, the, the, the game on the weekend, beating arch rivals, and, and obviously um, the game in this weekend as well. So, Matty, welcome onto the show. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, f- first of all, big, tough, hard-hitting question. Um, were you Adam Tong's roommate in that trip to Thailand for the World Cup? I was. I was, yeah. I looked after the big man and took him under my wing for that trip because it was his debut season and, uh, you know, but, um, yeah, what a character he is, yeah. Were you giving him any uh, free, free, free kick tips and routines? Because he came back and he started scoring a couple free kicks as well. I know. The first thing when he got there, I'm on free kicks, I'm on pen, said Tongi. <laughs> just settle down, big man. You know, you know it's, your, it's your first trip away. Don't get too giddy. Just stay at the back and let me let me take the free kicks and penalties and that lot. Wait, well, wait. No, no, he's a character. And I think he did come back and every time he put one in the top bin for Balcata, within seconds, it was on my, uh, <laughs> on my chat. <laughs> and then I'd look back at it and it was an absolute P-roll, you know, under the wall or deflection. <laughs> and, but, you know, you, you know what he's like. Yeah. Uh, no, he's a great guy. To be fair. Have you got any good? Good. You must have some stories about room uh, rooming with uh, with Tongi. Anything you can say on air? On air? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, there is one. No, I can't. I can't. I can't say too much. No. You know. well, but, yeah. No, fair enough. We we don't want to get you in he, trouble, he, mate. He, especially he, especially he, not with the big man. No, exactly. Yeah, he would kill me. Like, yeah. I mean, let's just say his bed was pretty wet one morning when he woke up. But um, yeah, it's the humidity. It's the humidity. Fill in the blanks, listeners. Fill in the blanks. Yeah, look, Matty Matt, can't say anything in case he wants to coax him out of retirement for another for another runaround after he's put the mockers on it with that interview he did with us. Well, saying this, think, he, you know, he's probably retired three times. He'll be back out of retirement before before you know it. I'm telling you, he'll be back. He'll be signing for someone again. I yeah. think talking about these uh, these set pieces leads us nicely into the game uh, from the weekend, Matt. Uh, a couple of couple of huge set piece goals. Uh, we we spoke to Nick uh, earlier about going uh, there, what they were thinking sort of after their first leg against Sorrento and their nil nil. You obviously had a, a much bigger result and and going in two nil up, uh, which. Uh, can you know we've we've rubbished the uh, the notion of that being the most dangerous lead in football uh, endlessly this this season because uh, you, anyone that's won a lap will bite your hand off for another one. But over two legs, it it, 
it's danger. It is, it is dangerously close to a position where you could get a little bit complacent. It was that sort of in your mind heading into this second leg that, that hey, this, this job isn't done. We, we really need to push on here and get another one. Or did it, it change the way you approached the second leg? Um, to be honest, like you say, 2-0 is a very dangerous scoreline because if they get one, you know, the, they get the sails up and you know, all the fans are behind them and they start pumping boys forward. But we knew... We had to stick to our game plan, you know. Two 0 we would have, would have, you know, we would have took that in a heartbeat on the first leg to keep a clean sheet and the win. Um, but we know how, you know, how Mandra are down at their place. It's a really tough place to go. Not many teams come away with anything. So we knew the first goal would stay um, would be massive, and luckily we got it right on the stroke of half time um, through, you know, a well worked free kick. And um, to go in at half time one up with that away goal was was huge and. You know, knowing they had to score four um, to win the game, it was a it was a tough ask. But the boys over the two legs have been tremendous. You know, they've been working hard. We've been looking solid again at the back, and we've been scoring goals all of a sudden. You know, we had that flip, and we were struggling a little bit, and then we went back to basics. Um, and you no, know, the boys are peaking at the right time, and we are really, really focused on this week ahead now in training and looking forward to a, a really tough encounter against Junalup. Was the expectation tough going into the season? Because people were talking about all the players that you'd signed, some of them with MPL experience, you know, um, you know the, 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 the work the club had done to, to get those players in. And, and a lot of people saying, some people we spoke to were saying, oh, Fremantle are going to walk this league. So, Especially after they beat uh, Perth as well. Yeah, and, and then you had the big result against Perth. So was it tough dealing with that expectation and, and not maybe uh, meeting up to it during the season, falling so far behind the top two? Um, well, I think at the beginning, you know, no doubt about it, we assembled a, a really good squad. But, you know, a lot of boys had not played together. And saying that, Dianella strengthened, Manda strengthened again, Western Knights. Um, you know, there, a lot of teams strengthened well up, obviously. But, you know, we just concentrated on ourselves. We got off to a brilliant start in, in the night series. And, you know, we was one kick away from winning that. And unfortunately, we lost on penalties. But then we had a great pre-season and a great cup run. Beat Kingsway, who finished third. Perth, who finished fourth. Um, and we was on a, a really, really good run. And, you know, second half of the season, for whatever reason, consistency and certain players losing form, at, you know, at a bad time and, you know, injury suspensions. You know, we we probably missed our whole of our back four from last season. Toddy Howard did not kick the ball. He was really, you know, a, a key figure last year. Um, you know, Harry Hall, the left back, you know, he went on five for Charlie Parry's not kicked the ball. So the whole back four was, was missing. George Fester's only just come back into mm. the team. He's been away for six months. And a he's year. not even playing in the back four, is he? No, no, we've got him in just in front of the back four at the minute and he's doing a really, really good job in there. Um and obviously the big man up front, Ollie, he's only he's only started nine games out of twenty two. And you know, he's been missing for a fair, a fair while now. Um, he looked absolutely devastating in that night series, and obviously yeah, yeah. he had that he had that you know bad moment towards the end there. But he looked like an absolute match winner, and I I, I remember um, having a casual football game with him one time and just being like, "Who are you? Where do you play for? <laughs> and how can we get you to come and sign for North Perth?" And it wasn't going to work. No, no, no. He's um, is he's, he's a great lad off the pitch as well, and on it, he's he all his attributes are. You know, they tick every box. Um, I've not seen a, a nine like him, really, in WA with his pace, his power, 
Um, obviously, a lot to improve on. You know, he's, he's finishing, but he's, he's still young. I think he's only 20 or 21. So he, he's eager to learn and he works his, uh, you know, his socks off in training, which, which I love. And he gives it 110% on the pitch. And we've got him back at a good time. So uh, even though he's not scoring goals at the minute, he's assisting and he's, and he's a real, real handful up there. His disciplinary record hasn't been that bad this year as well, which is a bit strange when you consider he got like, I don't know, three or four red cards last year when he was at Forest Field. I know, and I think he got two against us, actually. Yeah, home and away. So, uh, yeah, we, we did have a word with him and, you know, not to get frustrated. Football, you know, you're a good player. Lads will try and wind you up, especially centre-backs who... It's probably Hayden. Who, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> who try and get into you. But, um, yeah, we, he's, he's learnt a lot in this year. And... Um, and he's just knuckled down. He's had some, uh, you know, bad injuries, some hamstrings and ankle, but he's come back and, you know, he's got back in the team now and he's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a great kid. Talk to you us. You keep teaming me up for these segues. Sorry, sorry, mate. Uh, you keep teaming me up for these segues, Josh. Uh, talking about the disciplinary record, uh, obviously two big moments over these two legs were a couple of red cards for Mandurah. One, I think, in the first leg, but I don't think there'd be many people in world football uh, that could look at that tackle and say that's not a straight red uh, <laughs> every day of the week. Um, the, the one in the second leg's one where I'm, I'm not sure if, if any of you um, can can fill me in on the on the player it was. I'm not not sure that the intent was there on this one, um, but it's, I mean, at the very least, what's happened, the player's gone to ground and um, the ball's bounced up in the air and and, and as the, the City players got up, um, the manager guy's gone to volley the ball and, and volley oh. the player instead. Um, I think at, at the very least, there's a, there's a big lack of awareness and, and the only argument there is uh, whether it's a... a Yellow or red? It's it's in that orange territory. Um, but did did you did you how did you, how did you see that one? Um, it's a tough one, really, because as soon as he showed the red card, I, I wasn't surprised because you know you see them get given every, every week now, even in the English Premier League. If you if you miss the ball and you and you're high on the player, I think he got his knee or wherever. And the letter of the law says it's a red, whether it's reckless or dangerous or unintentional, who knows? But but then again, if if we'd if we'd have given him a yellow, we'd have all said, "Oh, lucky boy!" Or, but it, you know, it's a really tough one. Referees can't get it right all the time. But um, yeah, it was it was nowhere near the ball. But whether it's a yellow, or yeah, red, it, it doesn't. I, really matter. I think I think it's fair. I think it's fair to say they 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 can say maybe it's a it's a bit of a tough break and maybe a yellow's fair. I don't think a red's out of the question. I think it probably is a is a red. Um, but then they they got a bit of the rub of the green with their their penalty, which I think was it's certainly in the soft category. A, a bit of contact on the back of the 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 calf and right on the edge of the area. So the double question of whether it's in or out um, yeah. of the box. I, I really there's there's very very little that they. Um, I think they can complain about from from those decisions. Obviously, I didn't didn't catch the whole game, but uh, yeah, you 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 guys went went in at at halftime. Of, obviously, we're off that big big late goal um, from the set piece in the first half, and then just tell us a little bit about the feel when that uh, that second header goes in, and 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 really the the job's done. Yeah, I think he literally. I just I just subbed him on actually, Roberto. So um, coaching, coaching, coaching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and and the subbed Enzo on as well straight after, and he got that rocket as well at the end. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I take a little bit of credit for that. No, but Roberto's been great this season. He's uh, you know he started a lot of games, and then uh, the I think he you know he got he picked up an injury. Then he's come back into the team, and he and, and he was on the bench. But 
you know, he's been brilliant off the bench as well for me. I said to the players, it's not about the 11 all the time. It's about, you know, the, the subs making a good impact. And he certainly did that. You know, he was there on the uh, Johnny on the spot, as they call it. And what a header. And as soon as that one went in, you know, I think the feeling in the in the group was a big relief. And, you know, we're, we're one foot in the door to the to the final. Did he and score to, that? To get the third one in, in that fashion as well was brilliant. I was really pleased for Enzo to get that third one. Did, did, did Roberto score that ridiculous goal earlier in the season, the one where he's, he's like knocked it over about three players and then volleyed it in? I think he did. I'm trying to think which game it was. Um, I think he did. He did one against Gosnold, which was, which was brilliant, no. yeah. But, but he did actually, I think he did one in the final as well of the, of the night series he scored, so. Well. Uh, uh, yeah, but he's definitely got that in the locker. I mean, because he's... He's a bit, you know, Brazilian. When we had when when we had his brother at training, um, he went to America not so long ago. But um, five aside, there was uh, you couldn't you couldn't get near the pair of him. So uh, it didn't surprise me that he, that he scored as soon as he come on. Speaking of, of, of finals, Matty, obviously the, the big game is this weekend um, at the state futsal futsal at the state football centre. It was a terrific pitch, almost as good as a football pitch there as well. Um, but. You're playing another familiar opponent in um, in Jundlup, and, and speaking to Nick earlier, he was saying that the the, the teams have had really good um, duels and, and matches previously. So, what is it about them that's so difficult to beat, and, and also why are you just looking so forward to that game as well? Well, well, I've played under Nick at Jundlup a couple of years ago, so I know what he's like. And um, first and foremost. Uh, they like to stay solid. They always have experienced players there. Sean Kilkenny's there. He's a, he's a good pickup. Um, obviously, you've got Jay Lang in the middle is experienced. And then you've got, you know, James Harmer. So, I've, I've played with quite a few of the lads in there. And a few of them are quite uh, extreme manual players. So, they'd be very, very, very well organised, defensively solid. They'll look to counter. And uh, Nick, Nick always have them well drilled. Um, and like like you said, we've had some great battles down the, down the years. I think we've had a 4-4. A you know, a one-one this season. We beat them three-one, and then that same, you know, we we went down one nil at their place. So they've done unbelievable, really, to to finish where they have this season with you know with the with the group they've had, and you know, no one really gave them a chance ahead of Guelup and Dianella and Murdoch. But you know, what a job Nick's done, and uh, and the rest of them. So uh, you know, it's going to be a, hopefully an entertaining game, and. Hopefully there'll be a big crowd down there. Um, you know, I'm sure they know our strengths and weaknesses, and likewise. So, yeah, it's going to be a big week ahead. And the and the well before before Josh goes, what would it mean for for yourself and for Fremantle City, the club, um, to to make it into the NPL, mate? Yeah, I think I think you know it would it would be a dream come true for the for the club to be in the NPL for the first time in its history, and obviously it's my first year in charge of the club. It would uh, I don't think you could have. Uh, you know, I've made up the story to be honest. It, uh, but like I said, I don't, I don't really, I've not thought about it really to be honest. It's I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, and we just need to keep, you know, our feet firmly on the ground and train hard tomorrow, and just have a look at what we're going to do, shape-wise, formation-wise, who's going to be fit enough to play, and and then maybe, you know, come Saturday night, who knows? You know, there's only one team can go through. Just but. before you, just before you go, Maddie, the uh, you, it's not a little birdie tells me this isn't your first experience with the playoff football. Do you want to just give us a quick uh, thirty-second wrap of uh, when you were there with Scunthorpe? <laughs> yeah, uh, 2009. Like I said, when when we beat MK Dons on penalties in the semis, we we got to Wembley and we were big, big underdogs that day against Millwall. 
Um, and luckily, I, I got the first one for us to put us into the lead. Then we went 2-1 down in front of 60,000 Millwall supporters. Um, but then I got the other. I got the, the, the second um, again to, 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 to level the tie. And then we went down the other end again and got the winner. So what a feeling. I'm probably that's my uh, greatest ever day as a player back in the day to get to at Wembley and uh, to get us into the championship. That's that's like when you're uh, when you're like playing with your mates and uh, and it's like jumpers for goalposts and you're just like uh, you you just go I'm going to take every penalty I'm going to take every free kick and uh, you tell the story about how you won you won the cup final but it was actually but it's just, actually happened yeah it, was but it you. actually happened it wasn't just on the score <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that was that was a great day you know it was, it was uh, I can remember every every still every minute of it and to be honest it still comes on football gold now on on the Sky Sports now and again because one of the greatest. There's some great goals in that. Some, you know, it's a, it's a great, great attendance that day, and um, that was probably Scunthorpe's. You know, I'll be keeping an eye out for that. Well, yeah, um, we'll have to have a look at that before before we let you go. I, I reckon I'm going to ask this and, and cheat because I think you'll give me the right answer. Uh, but we like to ask people <laughs> what their favourite movie is uh, between the following. Oh, I didn't ask Nick. I have no idea. Is that because <laughs> you knew he was going to say good, uh, the uh, wrong one? I just I, I completely forgot, Sean. Rigged. Uh, so, Rigged. so so we've got the, your your options are uh, Goodwill Hunting. Uh, saving, yep. saving Private Ryan, or Snatch? Ah, oh, it's got to be Snatch for me. Yep. Yeah, well, well done, Kalichi. Appreciate well it, mate. <laughs> I just know my people, Sean. I know my people. I know someone who would. That was your choice, wasn't who it? Would, who would? It's integrity of the competition, mate. Integrity of the competition. It's Monday night, yes. and you've got those three movies to watch. What are you watching? It's Snatch, mate. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch Snatch. Yeah, yeah. I actually watched The Equalizer last night again, so I, I, I don't mind Denzel. I think Equalizer 3 is coming out soon, or I don't know if it's at the cinemas now. I don't know how he's fighting at his age. Mate, you've got to retire. Oh, no. oh, right. we'll, 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 get, we'll get you back on for a movie hour when we start the new podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Deal. All right, Maddie. look, thank you so much. All the best for this weekend. Um, good luck to you and the team. And um, ho- hopefully Hamza has taken out the, uh, I don't know, I think it, I think the situation was he had like two housemates who were all playing in the league um, and scoring yeah. the amount of goals. So hopefully he takes that out and, uh, and is the best housemate in the house, I suppose. That would be nice. That would, then, we, then we're never at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. All right. Thank you, guys. Good luck for the weekend, mate. Cheers, mate. See you later. See you, Matty. Bye-bye. Yeah. All right, we are going to just do a quick segment and talk about the MPL just to finish everything off. Uh, we were at the State Football Centre, not the Futsal Centre, the, the State Football Centre uh, on the weekend and saw Sterling Macedonio go out 2-0 winners against uh, Perth Red Star. The biggest thing about that game tonight before kickoff was that there was no deadly Daryl Nickel for Sterling Macedonia and um, we kind of figured that that might be the case in terms of the results, sorry, for Red Star. Not yeah, but then after learning that, Deadly Daryl Nickel wasn't there. You then went and changed. I doubled your it tip. down. I doubled it you down. You changed your tip from Sterling Macedonia to uh, Perth Red Star because you saw Choc- Chocdow wearing blacked out Air Forces. This is this is how seriously this man takes his predictions, Sean. At least your like I don't tip on draws thing has some grounding in reality. Kalichi is basing his decisions on a meme. One. I will I will tell you right now. I reckon yeah. if I was to point out the games where, where players have worn out blacked out Air Forces, I reckon I'd be batting over 500. Cor- cor- correlation. correlation. Well, you're, you're batting zero for one. Uh, zero for one on recorded evidence, mate. On the finals. 
Um, oh, actually, no. Uh, in the in the uh, in the what you call it in the full time whistle. In the full time whistle, I will give you some credit. Thank though. you so much. I will give you some credit though because you initially said that it wouldn't be there if the prediction turned out to be wrong, nah. and you you were, you were happy. You were happy to be humbled, which is an it's a nice asterisk. Happy to be humbled or just lazy. It doesn't sound like it. Happy to be humbled or just lazy. But. <laughs> who wasn't lazy on the weekend, transition, Charles Davies. My goodness gracious me. That man worked hard that weekend. I I, I, uh, I didn't see the second half of the game, uh, but, you know, I walked out at halftime and nil-nil going, you know what, Sterling Macedonia are going to win this. Gonna win I don't game. need to see the rest of it. They're on top. Uh, I thought, I thought based on the evidence I saw, and I saw he won the, the medal afterwards, but Luke Palmatier just... Had um, I think they played Oscar Malfiore as sort of a false nine with, with Daryl. No, nah, they, they 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 switched it out. They had like this fluid front three. It was like Gomo was was false nine at, at a couple times. Chop was, was false in. nine a couple times, Oscar and was so in as was, well. And so was Oscar. And Oscar it didn't matter who was there though. The no. Palmatier just had them in the back of his pocket. And and it's it's a lot easier for pocket. you to be. It's a lot easier for you to be more aggressive as a centre half when you're like, there's no Darren Nickel. Cool. I'm I'm just going to be. He was so front footed. It was it wasn't even. Yeah, it was it was it was different gravy, and like Red Star just could not create anything, and they found it really really difficult to create. Um, Higgins popped up into those spaces where he'd get the ball and, and do something really cool, and or or take a crafty little touch or slip a ball through, and the balls were going to like nobody. Or if he did that, play that's the pressure pass, as well, though. Yeah. I mean, you look at what what Giles Davies does. I mean, Cal Whitney does a lot of work going back the other way as well that you don't really see. Mm. So I, I don't think they had a lot of space to play. But but then Sterling actually had probably more, from what I, the bit that I saw, Sterling probably had more of the ball than you would have expected them to they had going a, into the game. And a lot of that was how comfortable Yankolowski and Palmatier were on, on the ball playing out from the back. But but also how good Brent Quick was, how good um, Kai Matthews was. Sam Wynn had like a, just a phenomenal game. And again, it seems really bad that I have become this like patron hater of Sam Wynn. And that's not the case. If anyone, if anyone listened to the entire interview, I was just like, hey, you've really proved me wrong today. But all they remember is me saying, I did not rate you, which wasn't really, really fair. And it came out really bad. But he was honestly, honestly, he was, he was terrific. Like on the ball, going forward, going backwards, real live wire. Um, he, he, he was their best player when they beat them down at yeah. uh, Macedonia Park. Yeah, he, he was. And, and he, I mean, if it wasn't for Giles Davies and if it wasn't for Parmentier, then he'd, he'd be the best player on the pitch that weekend as well. Um, I think you, you mentioned Giles Davis. I, I think the, the the hard-working defensive midfielder, as as we've talked about plenty of times before, um, is is one of just the most underappreciated uh, and and most important uh, players in these like really defensively solid teams like Sterling are. I've been and saying that since I started that, playing that position. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it is, it is, it's. People will see the defensive solidity. They'll see that the centre halves are always in position, uh, the fullbacks are always in position, and tracking back and making these tackles. And but, and you mentioned Calvin Whitney and the, his work rate as well. But that does it does so much for that back four that you know the the time and the angles that the opposition have to make these passes will often mean that the best pass they can make gives the centre half a. Uh, perfect position and, and and they still have to do a job, but they'll get a lot of the credit for just always being in position. But if that midfield is just letting players play passes whenever and from wherever they want, there's, there's a lot of the time there's nothing, you know, especially with the firepower that, that teams like Red Star have, there's often nothing that defenders can do. So for the defenders to be able to do their job, it, it requires a, a, a lot of work. And 
Oh, we just lost you there really quickly, Sean. Hello? Hello? Look, while we get Sean, I was just going to say that the... Um, oh, sorry, did I drop out? Yeah, we got you back now, mate. Okay. Um, I was also just going to add to that, that not, not to damn him with faint praise in terms of, you know, being someone who is a spoiler, he can actually play as well. He's really good on the ball. He gets up the pitch. He, he, he links play. He got onto one of the goals. We're talking about Giles here? Yeah, he got, he got onto a goal on the week, on the midweek, um, a crashing header where he arrived late in the box with the cross. So he's, he is a terrific footballer. And what were you going to add, Josh? Oh, I, I just think that they've, you know, we've spoken a lot about Sterling. They're great at the back and they, they struggle for goals and they, they haven't found that um, that linchpin this season and that's probably why they didn't win the title at, at the end of the day. But they, they've got a lot of change out of Daniel Fakeney. This oh year. man, he was awesome. Um, if you, if you look at a guy who was uh, eighteen playing first team at Quell Up last season and the team that got relegated, that the influence that he's been able to have playing, and he hasn't started every game this year, but uh, you know, there's been a handful of games for a nineteen year old where you go, there's there's enough promise there that you look at him as a player who potentially can be a standout player in the competition in the future on on the flashes that he's had and and the few games where he's really had a massive influence in Boston. I mean, I remember that. 4-0 win against Perth down at Dorian Gardens earlier in the season where Fakeney was the best player on the pitch. He scored two really, really good goals. He got a lot of chances uh, early on in the game against Red Star. He wasn't able to capitalise on them, but he gets into great positions. And, you know, having a, a quick, natural left footer on that side, you know, we don't always see left footers play on the left side of, on the left side of wing these days. They often play inverted, but, but having a quick player who can uh, get into the area and, and knock those balls across the goalkeeper from there is a, is, is a real weapon. Uh, for your team, so I think that they've um, they've got a lot out of him and and Cade Fernal as well. You actually look at a lot of those well up players that have gone around the league, um, and, and and you think that uh, you know they potentially if things would be different for them, they they may have uh, been able to to stay up last season because a lot of those players are, are doing good jobs elsewhere. I mean, just on Red Star, I mean. I'm I'm not too surprised that they didn't win the top four cup because you didn't look at the league this year and go, oh, they were so dominant because the league was so close for a long time. You, you didn't think a team was going to be so dominant that they'd go through and win both. No, and and Red Star have been there. Sorry, and Sterling have been their bogey team, right? The the Sterling players like playing against them. They've beaten them when they've been down three nil, um, and so they they feel confident whenever they go out there and they play them. I think. I think when you do, I think two th- two things f- for me spring to mind is when you do climb the mountain, can you get can you get up again to go up for? Can you get yourself up again to get yourself up um, to play in the top four cup when that wasn't the objective or the goal at the start of the year? I think that's one. I think the other one is you've you've lost a, the, a huge focal point in your team for this game. Yeah, no no, Daryl. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we spoken about him? I know you, you obviously uh, didn't agree with us for a long time, but we've spoken about him being the best player in the history of the NPL uh, with, with all the goals he scored, all the gold medals he's won, and, and now a league title. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty big deal if you don't have that player on the pitch. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, any more to add on that one, Shaunton? No, just... just- Congratulations to Sterling. I think what they've done, what the job Fergie's done is just absolutely phenomenal to come straight up. It's very easy to say, no, we're not here to make up the numbers. That's what every team that comes up says. Um, Obviously, Kingsway said the same thing. I think they had a phenomenal season, but Sterling have just been absolutely incredible since their their promotion. And to just come up and be like, hey, we're competing for titles, we're competing for cups. It just absolutely incredible. So well done to them. 
And on the women's side, there was something you wanted to, to, to touch on, um, Josh, a radical feminist moment, um, as, <laughs> as, as, as we described. So to, to paint the scene, um, Bronwyn Studman had just had a quick chat with the, with the referee. Well, 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 I mean, I do want to say, so like the game itself, and we spoke about it uh, at pretty decent length in the full-time whistle, but it ended up being, you know, particularly the second half, a little bit of a cakewalk for, for Perth Red Star. It was a pretty comfortable 4-1 win, which was commensurate with uh, their dominance throughout the second half of the season as well. You know, Perth were... As, as much as it was a cakewalk... Um one like the first goal was the screamer, which uh, as much as you say, you kind of just like yeah. So so Perth were in it for a long time, but then like a lot of this second half is dead air. So you need to find like you know interesting things to happen in games like that where the atmosphere is not really there. And uh, we got it through the antics of Bromwood Studman, the uh, the left back from Perth Red Star, former Perth Glory and A League women's player, who uh, and by the way, I'm pretty sure that what she was complaining about was a free kick, but she's pulled out uh, the line. Would that have been a free kick in the next game, ref? And it was just quality. Uh, it was so funny. Josh and I just absolutely uh, laughing. Are they, are they not, are they not incredibly soft free kicks given in men's football? Is that what she's saying? Because I've, I've watched a lot of football <laughs> and, and all I complain about is how soft the free kicks are. So I'm not sure she's got any ground to stand but, on there but, whatsoever. But, but the best, Sorry, I'll, I'll, okay, you can go first. Has she seen me play? Because all I try to get <laughs> is soft free kicks. That's, I'm, I'm just like, referee, he's touched me. What are we doing here? I was going to say, that that way around it works. Obviously, you, the, the tackles that you put in uh, can, can leave a mark, but yeah. But the ones you, that you, I, except uh, for the you, one you, he got a red card for. Absolutely. Oh, except for the yeah. one he got a red yeah. card for. Uh, yeah, we did say we, we did say we weren't going to keep going on about that after we got Friday on, but um, I guess we will. I'm happy to. Well, that's not the one he got a red card for, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. So, so, so the, the the other thing about um about Bromwyn's performance, and she did have a good game on the a pitch as well. <laughs> but there was a moment just before that. So, so she's obviously decided that the referee is not her friend because she's had a moment before that where she's committed some sort of foul. Uh, <laughs> Perth fans are calling for a yellow card. She's run away from the scene of the crime. The referee says, come here, come here, come here, come here. And she stands absolutely still. She does not move a freaking inch. She just stands right still. And he walks all the way and to He seems to walk about 15 metres over to her. And then when he gets up to her, she holds her hand out. <laughs> Go on, don't get in my space. Oh, the sass. The absolute says I get it. We, we love it. We love it. By the, the way, cut, we're, I get we're, we're, this, is, this is not a criticism. If the, if the referee, if the referee can't get near me, then he can't book me. <laughs> oh, and and eventually it times out and it moves on to the next. Like the cutscene's <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a time to be alive. Um, but yeah, uh, huge huge result for Red Star to get the double. We, we, we love it. By the way, when this is not this is not a criticism. I, I want to see that. I, I want to hear and see that in every because it's not really it's not getting Honestly, on if, the referee. If anyone, if anyone listens it's to funny. if anyone listens to our podcast and thinks that like we're happy to dig it, this is a, no, this, this is the personality we that. that we love. Like you don't just watch the game for the winners and losers. You you watch it for the personalities. You watch it for the style. You watch it. This is entertainment, and that was one of the most entertaining things that happened on the pitch. And, and uh, you know, and Nova would say, you know, Nova is a referee. I'm sure he doesn't mind people who are who are saying witty things when they're talking back to him. It's when people are going on being ridiculous. Nova's about- best, the best thing to happen for Nova last year 
was when David Avidson's card flew out his hand and he had to go around the pitch trying to, <laughs> trying to collect it. Like, this is entertainment for us. <laughs> So yeah, talking oh, talking to the referee that was talking to the referee and showing some sass. Absolutely, absolutely what we're here for. Just for the people who don't subscribe to the Patreon, we maybe should say a couple things about about the football. I mean, obviously Reina Kagami, player of the match, great performances from Olivia Wood, Abby Woolley coming off the bench, uh involved in all of the attacking play for Red Star in the second half. Gemma Crane, an absolute like just an absolute force. She was so driven and worked really hard and got got a goal to, to match her efforts as well. Um, Judy Connolly was terrific, like just terrific. And I, I feel for her because obviously she's a footballer that can play anywhere. And it's not to say that she is wasted in defence, but she is wasted in defence. There's so much more that she can do in midfield as a <laughs> as a ten, as a six, as an eight. And you gotta you gotta feel like you gotta feel for, for Pete and that and that Perth side because when you look at the team at the start of the year and the injuries it's just been it's just been a year from hell from a, from a player availability wise and it was also tough for them they lost uh, Poppy Hooks uh, to a concussion with the WA not even with their own team with the WA schoolgirls during the week and then you, they they played the 352 which they've done throughout the season but it gets tough when you've got when you've then got to go to um, your backup players and you're playing the three-five-two, and that means you're basically one-on-one against Olivia Wood on one wing, Cherry Akeda on the other wing, and Renee Liotta, Kiwi up top. Kiwi hero. So uh, it, you know it, it is tough for some of those players, but uh, you know a lot of them will do really well from the experience that they've got this year. We've seen the emergence of some of the young players uh, like Jess Flannery. I think uh, Papali has got a, a good run in the the first team. Throughout the course of the season, a lot of other players, um, you know, have stepped up and done a role, and they're unfortunate to to be missing, you know, one of their their big stars and poppy hooks on the weekend. Any more for you to add, uh, Sean, in terms of wrapping up this NPLWAW season? Uh, well, no, I think as yeah, the guys covered it pretty well on the the full time whistle, and and. Uh, yeah, you guys have said more when I, I wasn't there on the weekend. So just a congratulations again to the to the juggernaut, and um, yeah, commiserations to the other juggernaut in in Pete Rackett. I think he has done a fantastic job with all those the issues that have that have come up, and he's yeah a, a, a great bloke as well as a great manager. So unlucky for for him and 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 Perth, but congratulations again to Red Star. Just just a supremely good and and well coached team themselves as well. All right, we're going to piece this together with. Um, I'll do a really quick amateur hour. North Perth um, lost to East Perth on the weekend. Um, East Perth ran out three 0 winners, a pretty comprehensive and convincing vi- uh, victory. Just as as cliches goes, they just kind of wanted it more. Um, we were down down quite a few, but that that's not to take anything from them. They were quick on the ball. They pressed relentlessly man like there was one situation where Chile Barrera is in the corner and there's three players like pressing Adam and whenever we did beat the press they got back in position really quickly um they scored some great goals could have scored more the most impressive thing about it is they've I think they've lost one game in the last 12 they've been absolutely relentless they've, I think they've dropped points twice yeah they've dropped points twice in the last they the like last. didn't lose at home all so, season or something like that yeah that's pretty good when you've got a new home ground Fortress, and and they've only Fortress. moved in it this year. Yeah, who's who's winning? Who's winning the league then now, Kalichi? Well, they th- that's the interesting thing, right? They play Southwest Phoenix, who just got relegated, uh, in Bunbury, but that game is on Saturday. Um, so Southwest Phoenix are going down a division. 
if if they have enough players because they they struggle to get players this year. So if they're now playing a Another division, I, I think they might struggle next year. Um, yeah, they so didn't I, have a 16s MPL team this yeah. year either. They've 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 had some some tough times uh, down there this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. So that that's games on Saturday night, and then Emerald play Jaguar on Sunday. So typically, last game of the season, you'd want to have both teams play at the same time, but obviously with the distance and everything like that, and and I think East Perth would have booked accommodation and a whole that, bunch of that stuff. That happened before. a couple of years ago, I think, where Southwest Phoenix, maybe they won the league, I think, before Maddington played, where they were like one point apart. Uh, Southwest Phoenix had a home game on the Saturday night. Um, so yeah, so they've, they've got that game. So they've got what on paper is the easier game because um, Emerald have Jaguar. And it's on goal difference. And the goal difference is tied. But Emerald have scored more goals. So it's... Emerald have the advantage going in, but... But Southwest Phoenix's team... uh, Yeah, East Perth are playing the the team who would be, quote-unquote, weaker and have nothing to play for, literally. Mm, Um, Long weekend as well. What do the Jaguars players do? and And it's a long weekend, so... But yeah, I think I think the call. We kind of saw that last year, didn't we, with the long weekend? Yeah, I think I think the big the big news here is, um, Kelm Scott had a draw, which all but guarantees East Perth promotion into um, State League Div Two, and like from a side, we we did an interview with them earlier in the year, but from a side who ten years ago had just been created to go from playing the hub football league, which was literally something that, you know, Sean and I were doing for fun to go from playing the hub football league to now being able to play in or now applying to play um, state league next year. They have grown from strength to strength in the last 10 years and well, the work, the likes of, of Christy Lynch and the works of Gary Morrell and Gary Morrell, just a phenomenal person, a great human being and anyone go, go speak to him about anything, speak to him about life, go speak, just go speak to him about anything. And he's just such an inspiration and the work that he's put in and, and, and the likes of uh, Christy Lynch have put in. It's, it's, it's great to see. It's great to see that they've built up a community that's going to be there playing um, state league and, they have they have a, a huge potential now to be the biggest Irish club in in Western Australia, and if they can create that culture where you can get where you can even get the Adirondack buttons like it is back in the UK, which is delicious, by the way. Um, yeah, they'll they'll be a force. They'll be a force to reckon with. Well, I played against them. I played a friendly against them, a socials friendly when I was at Ashfield because they started out at Ashfield's um, Ashfield's ground uh, when they were playing Metros like yeah. twenty thirteen, and we played against them and they were like ridiculous. They won like eight or nine nil, and you're like, well, they they shouldn't be playing. I don't know Div two or Div three socials or whatever they were at the time. But to think that they've gone up from there inside ten years to now be going into um, into state league division two, uh, it, it, it's an incredible, Mate, incredibly it's, fast rise. You know, it's like those, it's stories like um, like AFC Wimbledon or uh, Dorking Wanderers over in England. It's just like Joondalup. Like it's it's just like Joondalup United. Like yeah. United, where where it started off with a couple of mates who had a great idea, put it together, worked in it, and it's really easy for you to lose your club culture. It's really easy to lose your club identity. Um, look at the likes of other clubs that have come and gone in that time well and you've even seen with like for instance shamrock rovers you know that they were when when the uh when the recession hit and a lot of the irish players headed back to ireland because you could get work back Mm. there um you know that they they were always looking for a home ground as well and and uh you know they ended up doing the deal with caramel cougars but then it's sort of um you know that they've now sort of got 
a, a bit of a mix in that identity now where it's the Caramar and, and Shamrock Rovers. So it's not quite, you know, the, the, the pure Irish club that, that it would have been before. So so for East Perth and Emerald as well, the way they've been able to give, you know, Irish players and all the recent sort of Irish immigrants that came over maybe a decade ago during the mining boom a home, it has been really, uh, really uh, it, it, something special to behold. It, it really is. And, Again, they're 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 looking at future proof in it. They've got like a little academy that they've started for for juniors and junior trainings. They've got a women's team who won the won the league as well. Um, so they made yeah. like the semi final and they made the, the Metro yeah, Women's Cup. They made or the semi final like of the Metro yeah. Women's Cup. Um, they're probably going to have two women's teams next year. So honestly, huge kudos to them. They're doing it the right way, and long may it continue. Long may you have all the community that you need around you, and hopefully, do, do you we have a, as well? Do we have another of those? Uh, pesky mergers that one or two people on the uh, on the Sunday leagues pa- or state league pages hate coming along with them what what, what are they doing for 18s next year have you heard uh, I suspect that they'll be doing a merger I think that was something they they looked at doing last year if they had gotten up and I think that they'll be doing a doing a merger again this year and if you are against mergers I think you're a moron I think I, I think you you just how, don't how many clubs do we need in the northern suburbs Kalichi? oh man Ask Tommy Dolman. That's a, that's something Tommy Dolman has an opinion about. Actually. Buddy, I I live in Kundula, and like we've got Balga, we've got Wanneroo, we've got Olympic Kingsway, all within like ten minutes of each other. And then you go to the other side of of, of Kundula, and you've got uh, Bellagura, and it's all all within ten minutes of each other, all stealing resources. Anyway, that's a different conversation for another you're day. You're not mentioning you're not mentioning the uh, the, the the great uh, Polish club that I was uh, a Krakowian at. Krakowia, that's only ten minutes away. Yeah, beach borough. Is it beach borough? Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. It's it, we we don't need this. Uh, anyway, that is the end of amateur hour. We are going to have one more guest, and then we'll be uh, we'll be done. So I'll speak to you all in a second. We'll be right back after this. And before we dive back into part two, we just want to send a quick thank you out to Balance and Revive Massage Therapy, our latest sponsors here at the Perth Football Podcast. And if you want to get 10% off remedial and sports massages, just go and say hi uh, from the Perth Football Podcast. Use the code PFP23. Uh, that's PFP23. And you get 10% off all remedial and sports massages at Balance and Revive. You can find them in Carambine at 1 Hobson's Gate. And finishing off our state league special, we've got current university president uh, Campbell Ballantyne joining us. Campbell, I've got the recording on this time, so it won't be one of the lost tapes like we had the last time, mate. How are you? I'm very well, guys. How are you? Good to see you, mate. Oh, sorry. Good to, good to hear from you. Um, huge, huge, huge result uh, for Curtin Uni on the weekend. You came out 2-1 winners against Maddington. Um and you did it away from home as well. The, the atmosphere looked absolutely electric. Um, they had the fire extinguisher guy there as well. Um, yeah, but the make... fire extinguishers and drums. I think the atmosphere at both games was pretty good. The Maddington the... fans certainly bring something to the, the ground. And uh, I think both, both clubs had good numbers of their members to turn out and support their teams. Tell us about the game, mate. Well, um, I don't know how much of I can remember, to be honest. I, <laughs> I didn't tell you this in the, in the pre-show, but at, at midnight that night, I was in a nightclub in Jakarta and I had to get two flights and I walked into the ground at 2.59. Um, look, it was... I just saw a picture of you holding a baby and I thought you were, you were being wholesome, but uh, apparently I was wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, I was being wholesome at the ground. That was my daughter. Um, look, it was, it, was, it was one of those games that ebbed and flowed. I think we were on top early. 
uh, got a goal. Obviously, the away goal was massive and, and, and just changed the entire I suppose, feeling of the game that we could no longer lose the game on away goals. Um, I put a little bit of fear into Mannington that if we scored again, they were going to need three. Um, but they've got, honestly, Mannington have got some quality players. They've got some really, really good players. Gaston, um, Samir, uh, yeah, Jose. I'll, 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 I've not read the matchday program. And so the only, one, the only one I knew from them is the one that used to play for us, but they've got pace. They've got some real quality as well. Uh, and they're number 10. He beat two of our defenders in the box including our captain one of our one of our best players and he just he beat them and he got fouled um and yeah they converted the penalty and made it 1-1 it was cagey i think either team could have nicked it yeah i think either team could have scored through the rest of the 90 it went to extra time and it was looking like penalties and we just produced a move that, that got us the goal nathan smith that i was telling you about earlier before we started uh, being at curtain for a few years when he was 19, 20, 21, and then went and played in the MPL and then we got him back. Um, he's an excellent player and he's, he's the, the chance in the last five minutes of extra time has fallen to the right guy and he's side put it in the corner. Um, so, and yeah, the, uh, the 18 and a half minutes in the second half of uh, extra time made me a little bit nervous. Um, but yeah, it was good to get across the line. And, uh, you know, you spoke about Nathan there, and I think we spoke a bit before we came on about Simone Sichel as well. Um, and, you know, and these are guys who were playing all the way back when the club was in the amateur leagues. Uh, and you guys have, have never made it to this point before. You've never even made the playoffs before. So what does it mean after spending so many years in, in mid-table uh, Division 2 to actually be close enough to potentially taste that promotion to State League Division 1? So there's a, a bit of a joke running around the, the club that three times this year I've put the article on the club website that says biggest game in the club's history. Um, and without question, we've done that. So that was, we played Florida in the FFA Cup. It was the first time we'd ever hosted an NPL team. Um, we were a bit unlucky that day. So we got a huge crowd for that. And then the two legs of the semi-final, obviously the first one we were hosting, we were promoting it, was, was huge. Um, uh, and I'm going to have to write the same article again going into Saturday. <laughs> so at least without question. Copy and paste, yeah. mate. Copy and paste. <laughs> the biggest uh, game in the club's history by by miles. Um, Division one is, is is a completely different level. Um, I think that State League two has been has been excellent for for a long period of time. It tends to be a very even level with sometimes one very well-funded team running away with it. Uh, we didn't really get that this year. Obviously, um, we all know the history of the well-funded team this year and then doing, <laughs> doing, doing some poor paperwork. Camel's um, doing the drive-by. It's now. about time someone from Curtin could do a drive-by. <laughs> um, we, but yeah, it's a, it's a huge game. It's, it's the biggest we've ever had. Hopefully our supporters get there. Hopefully we uh, hopefully we find out what time the game is, because I don't know. Um, and we can start marketing it. Um, we've not had, I've, I've sent a few emails, but we haven't gotten confirmation. I think the Football West staff might have been busy on other issues today, but I haven't managed to get a confirmation of the kickoff time for Saturday yet. Well, ho- hopefully that comes through. Just to focus back on the football a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit about Troy Reed and his philosophy and, and what he's done with the team over the last three years. Cause you've, you've stuck by him over the last couple of seasons and he's managed to progress you into this position now. Yeah. Look, I think 
what Troy is excellent at is he just fits in with our club and the way we want to do things. Um, we, we're, our, I mean, our plan is to become a sustainable state league division one club and the sustainable is as important as the, as the promotion. So we look at ourselves and go, right, okay, you want to compete in state league one, we need to do this, this, and this. Troy understands all the budgetary pressures and that every dollar that comes into to the state league team needs to be earned from somewhere that is um, ethical, for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> Another drive by? Well, no, no, it's not a drive by. Ethical to our standards is in, it's not, not clipping the ticket on kids' fees and, and doing this. So we have some, we have some processes as this is how we allocate budget to our state league team through some key fundraisers and through sponsorship that's obtained by that group and through bar sales on the match day. And that's it. Awesome. That's where their money comes from. Um, and they get, a, they get allocated a budget based on that. Um, and Troy fits into that as well as running an actual football team helps run that entire state league setup to the point where we go, we may try to sit down and go, right, this is what we need to achieve. We need more. Okay. Part of what we're going to need to get a new player or whatever it is, is, is more from the group or we're going to have to work together to chase sponsors or all of those sorts of things. Um, and then you add to that the fact that he's an excellent football coach that has understands team culture. I don't spend any time at all. I'm, well, I obviously used to coach the team, but I don't spend any time at all looking at tactical plans or anything like that. Just completely trust him. <clears throat> I haven't had players who, there's players in that team that I've coached and know well. I haven't had players coming up to me and going, oh, look, the tactical plans are wrong or there's none of that. He's just got total buy-in from the boys. He knows how to manage them. He knows how to to tweak things. Um, and yeah, I can't, can't sing a praise, his praise as well enough for the job that he's done. Um, and the fact that it means that some of those other things off field can, can also be improved. Troy's had in 2023, the, the biggest budget we've ever allocated as well. So a credit to everybody else who does things off the field to, um, to help deliver that. Matt, you, you mentioned the, the toughness of the league. So. You know, and and the fact that it's been the first time that you've been in this playoff. So, how important is it to kind of get to this next level? I mean, you are you are playing a a state division one side, one who hasn't had the best season, but one who at half time of the last game of the season were 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 staying up. Um, so, yeah, how, how important is it to to get the win here for the club, um, knowing that these opportunities don't come up very often. Um. Look, it's very important to take your opportunity when it comes. I think that if we were to not win on the weekend, which is it's not really in our mindset, um, that we would be going, right, how do we win this division? Awesome. That's, what we, that's what we'd be going is, how do we win this division next year? Um, there would be just about our only conversations of, okay, we've, this is where we were. Three years ago, this is where we this is where we finished in Troy's first year, which I think was sixth, seventh, or eighth. Year two was we missed the playoff on the final day of the season. Like we went out against it was Kingsley and played the other kickoff there, scored a last minute winner, <clears throat> and we went out knowing we had to beat Wanneroo by five goals, and we should have achieved it. We finished poorly. Uh, their goalkeeper had a phenomenal game that day, and that's what missed out on the playoffs. 
that day. By again, it was goal scored. Um, I think goal scored a goal difference. It was very close. Um, and then to progress again and have to be going into round twenty-two, where we'd already qualified for the playoffs. It, we were playing. Second, it was second against third in round twenty-two. We knew either result. The, the fixture was the same. We we're playing Manningham rest players and that significantly different like although we're desperate to take our opportunity that it, now that it's here it wouldn't be devastating well it, no it would be devastating on the day but it wouldn't be destructive to the club yeah to to not take it and go yeah okay let's go and do it again um don't get me wrong we would love to be going right how do we how do we how do we sneak in the door of those promotion playoffs in division one and that's a, a, a whole different challenge. There's some big clubs up there. Um, there's there's clubs that have had NPL aspirations for a long time and and big budgets for a long time. Um, Ex international players and all sorts of things. So uh, great opportunity for the boys. It's a big game. Will you be able to like again? I'm not too sure. I know the full inner workings of the club at this moment in time. But would it be more appealing for you to attract players um, who like come into Curtin, obviously you are a university, so would, would that be something that would be more appealing for you to put on a prospectus and things like that? I think playing in a higher level of football is more appealing to players. Um, I think, yeah, I think everyone knows. I think it's, there's more people who are interested in playing. There's more top players who are interested in playing Division One football than there are playing Division Two. So, yeah, I think it'll be easier. Should we get the right ones? I don't think people are choosing a university degree based on yeah. whether Curtin is in uh, Division One or Division No, two, but, but 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 if you are if you are an exchange student, for example, um, and you're looking around and thinking, okay, well, you know, I'm an exchange student, I'm eligible to come in to UWA or Curtin, and I play football. And Curtin's ground's sort of right there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I get that. These weird. They're 25, 30 years of the club history has been our top top players that have come through have often been exchange students. Um, I haven't seen one in our first team since COVID. Actually, we had, a, we had one in our women's first team this year. But they've just, they dried up. This is the first year they were back. Um, and they're very difficult to manage into a state league season unless they're coming for their three years and committed to it. Yeah, and obviously um, they, they travel well, well, and they do all that kind of other stuff as well. Uh, and, and the registration window now requires a, a first team player to be registered in January. Um, it's when we were amateurs, yeah, we you would be doing all your preseason training and then like an ex-pro pro from Norway that's just decided that he's no longer going to be a professional footballer because it's time to do a master's degree will turn up out of nowhere and you'll just go, wow, we're amateur division four. Where's this guy come from? <laughs> you, you, can't um, just, you can't just rock up on O'Day and pick people no, up at the club stand. We do that, but they they don't play in our state league side as often. Like we, there's a little bit of it. But yeah. Oscar Wright, who played on the, uh, the weekend, is an uh, on-campus student. But he's not an international student. He's a country student that's come to w, come to Perth, that, which that, is much more common. That's when some some of the old boys might get some suspicious injuries, and you need an injury replacement player, right? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Uh, injury uh, replacement uh, players removed from state league. I was, was going to say as well. Took it out, took it out because it was ridiculous. Rule. I was going to say uh, the last thing you want to do is is be 
like like against all, against all the people who would check your team cards. Like you don't want it to be curtain to, to be the ones who would now be like, oh, this is uh, Joe Smith who was injured, but we've got this other person who's taken over. But look, yeah. uh, Campbell, be, be, before we let you go, we, uh, we like to ask people some questions, uh, some hard hitting yeah. questions. And so I'm going to give you the hardest hitting question uh, that you've had. It's Monday night, and you get to decide to watch a movie. Uh, and your choices are Snatch. Uh, Good Will Hunting or Saving Private Ryan? Uh, which which movie are you picking, mate? Snatch, because I like Dags. You like Dags, <laughs> and it's, it's just a great movie. Have you have you lost that one yet, Kalichi? I I've no. So I've actually come from behind. Snatch <laughs> Snatch, Snatch Snatch was down two nil. Oh, Good Will oh. Hunting was winning. Good Will Hunting oh, wow. was winning. Yeah, no one said Saving Private Ryan so far. Come on, on a Monday night. On a Monday night. Well, like, what Mate, night would what night oh. would you pick? What night would you pick? Saving Private I'm Ryan. First of all, Saving Private Ryan is a movie you only watch once. Right? Yes. It's long. It's sad. It begins with a a woman getting a letter that what four of her sons have died, three of her sons have died. Yeah, it's pretty hideous. Some guy but gets some guy gets shot in the head, but it's <laughs> yeah. like after he takes his helmet off to be like, oh, that was yeah. really lucky. Nah, man, yeah. you don't want to watch that. Whereas, Good Will Hunting's kind of feel good, but yeah, Snatch is, is entertaining and you can not be paying attention. You can be cooking a meal or whatever and yeah, you can still enjoy you're, it. You're really, you're, really, you're really not selling it by saying, hey, you don't have to pay attention to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, Campbell, thank you so much for your time. All the best uh, to yourself and to the team on the weekend. Um, it's going to be a great match. I think, I'm not sure if Josh is going to be there, but I know that I'm going to be there as well. Uh, might, easy. might even get on the mic as well. Yeah, easy. All right. Let us know if there's anything we can do to help. And yeah, want to interview anyone, we'll, uh, we'll sort it out for you. We'll definitely send you a message being like, can you tell us some, some inappropriate things that we can say in the commentary about uh, certain players? But that'll be, for, that'll be for another day. Campbell, thank you so much. Cheers, guys. All right, everybody, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you all so much for listening to the Perth Football Podcast. Massive thank you to Campbell Ballantyne. Massive thank you to Matty Sparrow. And massive thank you to Nick Jennings. Josh Chyatt, is there any more for any more? Uh, I just want to say, you know we were talking about the, uh, the, the best insults that you've heard on a football pitch mm-hmm. before. I think I may have got the worst insult. And it's a pretty common Actually, one. people won't be able to know about the best insults uh, they've heard on a football pitch because that is now part of the cutting room floor because that episode was... Oh, was uh, that the abandoned episode? That was the abandoned episode. Oh, damn. So, I, I, that as was a good as, bit as well. As much as you want to do this reference, you can't. No, we can't. Okay, we're going to hold off on that because we're going to have to recycle that at some point. I, I loved my bit. My bit was great. But yeah, your bit was great too. So we have to... So is there any other anymore for anymore? No, I've had my... Uh... I've had my, my, my point stolen by the, uh, the, the aborted episode. It, it, it keeps coming back to bite, doesn't it, Kalichi? Yeah, it's not. It's, uh, I don't like making mistakes, and I made a big mistake on that one. But, yeah, let's, let's move on. Uh, anything from me? No. Thank you all so much for listening. You all take care, and remember, be careful and be kind. See you later.